0: Well, I have some good news for y'all. If you have been here uh, for the last couple of weeks, if you've been following along with us, then today's sermon is the one that you've been waiting for, okay? You see, we spent the last couple of weeks looking at, at the theology of, of the gifts, of the reason why they're given. And the reason that we did that is because we can't just take the spiritual gifts and pull them out of scripture and throw them on an assessment and take it and then plug people in. That's not what it is. There's a richness to the theology there. We got to understand why the gifts are given, how they're given, and they're not given to make you look good. They're given that we may serve one another in love. And so, but today, what we're doing, okay? Today's the day we've been waiting for. We're going to start going through the individual gifts as we dig into discovering your spiritual gifts. Okay, we're going to look at the seven main motivational gifts found in Romans chapter 12 that I believe each and every Christian has. Uh, one or more more of those that kind of drive our ministry that God wants us to walk in. So I'm super excited for today. We're going to cover a lot of material. So you should have in your bulletin a handout, okay? Uh, a lot of the information here is from a pastor whose name is Chip Ingram. He has a ministry called Living on the Edge. That's all about helping Christians live like Christians, okay? Um, so I've linked some of the resources there that I've used. Uh, if you're watching online, you can go to our website, and uh, on the resources tab, you can download this PDF. If you're following along on the Bible app, the information is there as well, and there's also a link uh, to download that as well. Okay, but before we get into those gifts, which I'm super excited about, uh, let's do a little bit of review. Okay, so we're just going to kind of go through some of these things here on the handout. There's less things on the slide uh, because the the goal is that everybody can look through here, and if you're watching, you can download that as well. So. What do we need to know about spiritual gifts? A little bit of review, okay? Every Christ follower, every Christian has at least one spiritual gift, okay? When Christ ascended on high, it says he gave gifts to men, okay? So God has gifted each and every one of us with a spiritual gift. Number two, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gifts, okay? And decides what gifts to give to who. We looked last week in Corinthians. It says that he gave it with an intentionality and he gave it in the way that was well-pleasing to him. So the gift that you have, the gift that I have, that's what God desires us to have. Spiritual gifts are different from natural talents and abilities. Okay, They're also different from your God-given personality. So you were born with different talents and maybe you grew into different things and learned how to do different things. Uh, you have different passions and you have different personalities. Those all go into who God has made you. Your spiritual gifts are Separate and distinct from that, but they're all going to work together, okay? And that's why I often talk about a a gift mix, okay? Because uh, it's not just one thing, but it's how God has wired you and gifted you and shaped you for ministry. Spiritual gifts is one of those. What are the purpose of the gifts? Peter says this. He says, each one has received a gift. Use it to serve others. So the gifts are given that we may serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. Spiritual gifts do three things. They glorify God and exalt Jesus Christ. They build up the body. It's one of the ways that as you walk in your gifts, it's how I am shaped. One of the ways that I'm transformed as you walk in your gifts. And as I walk in my gifts, it's one of the ways that you are transformed. It's how we're built up and encourage one another. It's how the body works together to accomplish what God has for us. Spiritual gifts also promote unity because we have different gifts, but we're one body. It's from the same spirit. Spiritual gifts also promote maturity and interdependence because not everybody has all the gifts. We need one another. The body is not just one big eye or one big hand. Every part of the body is important. Everybody brings something to the table. So when we walk in our gifts, it promotes this interdependence because we need one another. Everybody, young, old, Whatever your physical, emotional, or or, um, abilities are at or where you're at, you have something to bring to the table. You are needed in the body of Christ. And so why is all this important? I I want you to be able to understand how God has shaped you and made you so you can see the ministry opportunities that he's put in front of you. How do we discover and develop our spiritual gifts? Four main things: we got to study the scriptures, okay? That's what we're doing in the sermon series. We got to have a basic understanding of the gifts, what they mean, what those different words mean, okay? Um, and then. We need to do prayerful reflection, okay? As we go through these gifts, which ones seem to resonate with you? And then do that within community, maybe with your spouse or a family member or a friend. Hey, we're going through these gifts. These ones kind of resonate with me. Do you see some of the same things? Because, you know what, sometimes somebody can go, you know what, I really think I have the gift of mercy. Someone goes, no, I don't think you have the gift of mercy. What do you mean I don't have the gift of mercy? Trust me. You don't got it, okay? We need one another, okay? They may see something in you that you didn't realize is there. So within community, okay? And then you know what? Practice. If you don't get wet, you never, you, you've really never learned how to swim, right? I mean, you can watch videos about swimming. You can learn all about the different strokes. But if you don't jump in the water, have you ever learned how to swim? If you don't walk in the gift God has given you, do you really have it? You don't know until you've tried. And then, yes, spiritual gift assessments, which we will start getting into a little bit, over the next couple weeks, they can be great tools to help you see different things, but not just by themselves. If we skip the next section and go down to the last part, on the first page, discovering and developing your spiritual gifts takes these three things. Clarity. We're going to look at a paradigm today for us to understand and see how the gifts work together. Then you need a basic understanding of what the different gifts mean. Okay, We're going to do, start doing that today. And then, if you want to develop your spiritual gift... It involves, it it means that you need to have involvement in people's lives, seeing real needs and meeting real needs. The gifts are given to serve. Again, you don't jump in the water. Do you really know how to swim? Have you really learned how to swim? If the spiritual gifts are out here, I may have this or this or this, but I never step out in faith and see, is this what I, how I'm really gifted? How do you know? You see, this sermon series is designed to be really, really practical, that we would walk in the ministry that God has. And you know what? Some of you, you're going to take a step of faith. You're going to say, I'm going to practice this for six to eight weeks. And you're going to jump into a ministry. And after six to eight weeks, you're like, mm, I don't think that's my gifting. Okay, that's fine. Some of you may jump into a ministry. We'll hear about this in the next couple of weeks. We'll have somebody come on up. They'll talk about how they stepped into a ministry just to fill a need and they didn't realize their gifting and passions lined up there. Stepping into that need help them see more of how they were gifted. And so sometimes we got to be willing to take that step of faith and see how God is going to work. As we step into our gifts, there's two ways to kind of go, okay, is this how I'm gifted or not? We look at the fulfillment factor and the fruitfulness factor. As I walk in this ministry, is that something that, that is like, yeah, I, this, this is fulfilling, it's, it's, I'm meeting this God-given need, and, it, and it's how he wants to use me. I feel like, yes, this is, this is what, part of what God has made me for. And is there kingdom fruit? Those are the two ways to kind of evaluate how your gifts are working and how you're gifted. Now, on page two, okay, there's a paradigm there, okay? A paradigm is kind of a way to look at things, okay? I think I have that up here on the screen. We're going to look at some of these different spiritual gifts. This list is every spiritual gift in the four main spiritual gift passages in the New Testament. Okay? Um, this is a paradigm that I got from a man whose name is Chip Ingram. Okay? A couple disclaimers first. Okay? Number one, teaching on spiritual gifts can be tough. Okay? Why is that? There is not one exhaustive list of all the gifts in one passage. Okay? Okay? At one time, where Paul or Peter or somebody says, here's all the gifts, here's their definitions, here's examples of them, here's how they work together, here's how you're supposed to do it. We don't have that in Scripture. We have four main different passages. Some just say, speaking and serving. And if you're going to speak, speak as if it's God speaking through you. And if you're going to serve, do it with the strength God provides. The passage from Corinthians that is the most in-depth was written in response to questions this church had That the spiritual gifts were operating everywhere, but in the wrong way. So we're reading somebody else's mail, kind of, and then we're gleaning. What does this mean for us? There's some gifts that aren't in these passages, like leading worship, or like the people that, that God gave gifts to in order to build the things in the temple and craft it. They're not in these lists. Hospitality, that's not in these lists. Does that mean they're not spiritual gifts? Not necessarily, So there's not a clear-cut exhaustive. this is everything that that the gifts are. And so this paradigm, Pastor Chip will say this, I'm Chip, I'm not Moses, this is not from Mount Sinai. And I would say in my own study as we go through this, this paradigm has been the most helpful and beneficial for me in understanding how the gifts work together and has been the most practical approach to it. Where the gifts aren't just over here, this salad bar that maybe this, maybe that, but really help focus in how am I gifted and how can I walk in that? And so as we go through this, again the paradigm is not perfect, but I think that it is very practical and beneficial. So let's dig a little bit into scripture, and we'll see what is this all about. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses four through six. This is where we get where this paradigm comes from. Okay, there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit there's different kinds of service, but the same Lord there's different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them. So there's, there's three different words that Paul uses for gifts. Okay. I don't know if I put the Greek up on your handout. Okay. But so gifts, that word literally means it's charisma and it means gift. Okay. If you can't see this very well, it is in the handout in the bulletin. Okay. It literally means a grace gift. Now, it's the same word that is used when we have a grace gift of salvation, okay? But Paul says, look, there's different grace gifts that we have, by the same Spirit. Then there's different service or ministry. The Greek word is the word we get deacon from, which means someone who waits on tables. So there's different kinds of grace gifts, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of service or ministry, but the same God. And then the last word is the word intergomaton which is where we get the word energy from. There's different kinds of energy or workings or manifestations, but the same spirit. So that's where we get this division here of three columns where we have the 12 uh, I mean the seven motivational gifts from Romans chapter 12. We're going to focus on those today. I believe each and every Christian has one or a gift mix of these seven here. And we're going to look at how these seven here are the motivation or the driving behind some of the different ministries that we can be involved in from the middle section, okay? And then the section on the right is as we, in our motivational gift, walk in the ministries God has for us, God shows up in different ways, okay? And these are all the the, the gifts that are there in Scripture. We'll talk about which ones are kind of functioning now and which ones seems to have ceased a little bit, but this is what we find in Scripture, okay? So, um... In our Sunday school today, not in here, but in the discussion class, we'll be able to to talk about this paradigm and some questions to go a little bit deeper into that. But this is going to be the foundation for our study. Uh, But before we get there, are there any big questions now as we unpack that? Any questions? We kind of got a little bit of a grasp of the different columns, and we'll go through them the next couple weeks, okay? Today we're focusing on this left column. So, uh, it's helpful and practical, okay? Why is this a good paradigm? It's very helpful. This, this thing on the left right here, this is a great way for us to kind of condense the gifts down instead of having 20 some to look at, there's seven. And how has God gifted me and how does it show up in a different way? Where this paradigm kind of breaks down a little bit, okay? Um, anytime you separate out the gifts, you're going to get difference of opinion and different people studying it differently, okay? There's pluses and minuses of it. You'll see there's some gifts that are in different columns. We have teaching here, and we also have teacher over here. Okay, Prophecy is in all three of them. Then there's some over here, um, like um, working of miracles, gifts of healing, that show up in these two columns. So there's kind of overlap. What does that mean, Paul? Okay, We're going to dig a little bit into those different things as we go on. So let's begin to unpack a little bit of Scripture about these Gifts. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 because Romans chapter 12 is where we get those seven motivational gifts, okay? Now what I want to do is we're just going to read through this chapter for two reasons. One, this is a power-packed chapter, okay? If you want to look at what does it mean to live out the Christian life, Romans chapter 12, 21 verses. Pff, that if, that's all you knew, you'd have enough, okay? But also, again, We can't just pull out the spiritual gifts, throw them on the wall, and be like, which one are you, and go. We want to get the whole theology behind it. Through this passage, I want you to see that walking in our spiritual gifts is something that is given to all of us, okay, just like being transformed, just like being hospitable, just like loving one another. It's all in the same group. So let's go ahead and read through this. Romans chapter 12, Paul says, therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. As a Living life as a family, we belong to one another. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion of his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. You see, what's the foundation of walking in the gifts? If I have the awesomest gift mix and I don't have love, I'm what? what is it? What does it say last week? Nothing. It's vain. It's empty. And that's not just in Corinthians. Because Paul says, look, Here's the gifts you have, walk in them. And as you do that, your love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That means love one another as a family. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I love how that that phrase is in Greek, okay? Because it's just really clunky in Greek. It says, in your diligence, don't be slothful. In spiritual things, boil. In, In the... In regard to the Lord, serve Him. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And then he kind of summarizes that last part. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, Romans chapter 12, if that's all we knew of what it meant to live a life as a Christian, we could park there for the rest of our lives. This is what it means to be a Christian. And part of that is the spiritual gifts that God has given us to walk in. So let's zoom in on that part of this. Here's where we get the seven motivational gifts. Romans 12, 4. Paul says this, just as we each have one body with many members. We all have a body, right? Last week I asked this question. I'm going to ask it again. You get another chance. Who here has a body? Good, that was better than last week. Last week, there's like four people. I'm like, man, okay, we all have a body. And we all realize that our body has all different parts that all do different things. And we need every part of our body to function fully, okay? And so he says, that's the same way with the church. We're all one body. These members, there's many members. And the members don't have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body together And we're all members of one another. We belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Okay, Paul, what are those gifts? Here's the seven gifts, okay? Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging or exhortation, contributing to the needs of others, or giving, leadership, and mercy. And you can see there's that Y just jumped right over there. And mercy, okay? Now, why do I think that these are the seven main motivational gifts, okay? Here's why. In this next slide, okay, I've highlighted the parts that says let him, okay? And this, look, this isn't just for guys, okay? So if a man's gift, if a person's gift is prophesying, let that person, okay? That, that works too, okay? But in the Greek there, that let him, okay, is in a special part in the Greek that's called uh, the locative of, lo- of location, Okay, Which means, basically, that what Paul is saying is, look, if your gift is prophesying, walk in that. If you're in proportion to your faith. If it's serving, walk in serving. If it's teaching, teach. The gift God has given you, walk in that way. Okay? Um, As we look at that, there's a theologian by the name of Kenneth Weeds, and he says this. He says, it's, it's a wise man who stays within the sphere of service for which God the Holy Spirit has fitted him and does not invade other fields of service for which he's not fitted. So as we look at these gifts, I think we each have one of these or a mixture of these that God is saying, look, if you have the gift of prophesying, walk in that according to the faith you've received. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's giving, then then do that, but do it generously. Do it with a single mind, not with what you get in return, but in order to bless other people. If it's leadership, do it diligently with everything you have. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. If God has gifted you in this way, then walk in that way. You see, we've been talking a little bit about this acronym, your GPS, where your gifts and your passion line up as your sweet spot for ministry. You see, I want you to understand the gift you have so you can realize where you fit. Now, as I say that, we can't go too far one way. Where we get all like, am I this? Am I not? Am I this? Am I not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And we get paralyzed. You may have multiple gifts, your passions may change. It may be hard to understand what's a spiritual gift and what's a talent in this, but you can see the ways that God has shaped you, and you can walk in ministry. And the important part is to step out in ministry, and God will show you. So because we've all, at times probably, like I've said before, could take a screwdriver, and we see a nail, and kind of hit it in just a little bit. And it worked. It worked. Sometimes God does call us to do things that maybe we're not exactly fitted for, and, and we, we step into it, and it works, and, and we want to do that, okay? But we also want to see, is there somebody else that's gifted in that way to walk in that ministry? It's kind of like this show that I remember watching a handful of years ago called uh, Canada's Worst Handyman, okay? Canada's Worst Handyman. Okay, this was a competition of all these people that had been nominated by loved ones for being the worst handyman or handywoman in all of Canada. And there was a guy, okay, who was a bodybuilder, okay? And his name was Joe the Bullet Barbero. And he, you know what his favorite tool was? The hammer. The hammer was his favorite tool. On demolition day, he took that hammer, sledgehammer, and just smashed everything. One day, they were supposed to put in new drywall. And you know what he did? He drew his line on drywall, grabbed a little hammer, and <coughs> cut out the drywall with a hammer. It worked. It's going to be a tough, tough mudding job, but it worked. And you know what? Sometimes there are times that God is calling us to meet a need and serve, and we may feel ill-equipped, <coughs> excuse me, and we may feel like that's not what we're fitted for, but we know God is calling us, and he's going to work, and he's going to bless. But you know what, Mr. Joe, if you used a, you know, a drywall saw or a router, it would fit much better, right? So I want each of us to see how we've been gifted, that we can walk into that. But again, the most important thing is, are you willing to jump in the water? Because if we don't practice we don't step in it yeah i'll take that thank you if we don't step in it how do we know we have the gift or not so what we're going to do in the next 15 or 20 minutes is go through those seven gifts so get out your handout we're going to go through them kind of rapidly okay and here's what i want you to do okay excuse me <clears throat> sometimes i talk fast right I'm probably going to talk really fast now. I'll try to slow down, okay? Here's what I want you to do. We're going to go through all seven of the main motivational gifts. You can see on your notes, it says, yes, no, maybe. As we go through this, just gut reaction, circle, yes, no, maybe. And at the end of this, you'll have an opportunity when you go home or in the Sunday school class we have to unpack that a little bit with somebody else or just with yourself, where do I see that I'm in gifted, okay? So you guys ready for this? I'm good here, thank you. You ready for this? Who people are? Are you ready for this? All right, let's buckle up and go, okay? I don't have this up on the screen. It would be too confusing to do that. So, prophecy. What is prophecy? It is the divine enablement to proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely and culturally sensitive fashion for correction, repentance, and edification. It's the ability to reveal God's word accurately. One who has that often asks the question, what went Wrong. Now when we talk about prophecy, okay, we're not talking about Old Testament prophesying the future or even some of those in the New Testament that were prophesying the future. Not the, not the fore, foretelling of the future, but the telling forth of God's Word. Okay, Taking God's Word and seeing something that's out there and saying, here's what God's Word is saying to us and here's how we've got to walk in it. Here's the grace of God. This is what it means in your life. This is the calling you have. So live up to it. So that's what we're talking about with prophecy. And you see that even in the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets weren't just telling about something that's coming. They were challenging the people. You can't live like this. You're oppressing the poor. You're worshiping idols. This is what God's Word is saying. This is how it should impact your life. That's what prophecy is. It's often connected to preaching. So that the it's a, connected to the... Foretelling and accurate teaching of God's Word, its ability or in a consuming desire to reveal the truth of God that it might impact lives. Some of the characteristics of these people, okay, they can be persuasive speakers, they can often read people, they're often very opinionated, and they like large groups versus small groups. Some of the dangers, okay, because sometimes we recognize ourselves in the weaknesses associated with it, or maybe your loved ones recognize those weaknesses and they can help you know how you're gifted and how you can overcome those weaknesses. Okay? Yeah. Got it. They can become proud of their speaking ability. They can become dependent on their speaking ability instead of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes they can be insensitive to others. Now, quick side note. As we go through those characteristics and dangers, they're generalities. Not everybody who has a gift fits that to exactly a T because we have a gift mix. I believe that one of the gifts God has given me is in the prophetic, to take God's word and to say this is what it means, this is how God wants us to live, okay? Uh, But I'm not always very opinionated and very black and white. Sometimes those with the gift of prophecy, they like see sin and they've got to come at it, this is what needs to change. Whether it's my gifting or it's my personality, that mercy, like that can make it hard to be a parent because it's like I don't want my kids to, to face the consequence that they should have. But they need to have the consequence so that they learn and grow. OK, so the mercy God has given me, whether that's just my personality or a spiritual gift, combines with my prophecy together. So I may not fit that to a T, but I can see this is a gift God has given me. Here's God's <laughs> word. This is what it means. Let's live up to it. So yes, no, maybe circle it and we're moving on service. Service is the divine enablement to do small or great tasks with humility in working for the overall good of the body of Christ. One is able to attach spiritual value to the accomplishments of these physical tasks. It's the ability to demonstrate love by meeting the practical needs that releases other Christians for direct spiritual ministry. These people are like the oil in the church. Without them, everything kind of grinds to a halt. But as it's just working, you often don't notice it. Okay, until your car isn't really working well, you may not think about the oil that's in the engine, but that's helping everything work, work well. Because you see, somebody has to print the bulletins and stuff them and make sure everything's here. And chairs have to be set up and tables is, and, and desserts are put out and coffees made. All these things happen every Sunday. Someone with the gift of service sees a need and they want to meet that need to free up ministry to happen. Is that you? Yes, no, or Maybe. They're asking, what can I do to help? They don't often need a lot of public recognition. They don't seek the limelight. They like to be kind of behind the scenes. Sometimes they like manual projects. <clears throat> they can also be really good at seeing the need and meeting it. Maybe somebody comes over to your house, and a couple months later they like, give you a gift. they're like, well, what's this for? Well, when we were there, you were talking about this, and I knew you, and I was like, oh, I could get this for you. And they're like, I didn't even know I needed that, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, another thing with serving. <clears throat> As I look at this, I think a lot of people that have the gift of serving, sometimes it can going to be confusing because you're often involved in <clears throat> different facets of ministry. And, and you do it because you want to help and serve. And out of that motivation of serving, you may teach a school. You may teach a, um, a class. Or you may help an Awana. Or you may set up something. Or you may help serve coffee. And it comes out of that motivation, I want to serve to meet a need. So is that you? Yes, no, maybe. Teaching, the divine enablement to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truth, primary to bring understanding and clarity to others. It's the ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented. The question a teacher is asking is, what is truth? These people want to know, what are your sources? Where did you get that? They're the kind of people that develop charts like this, okay? this is something that I largely got from somebody else to put my own stuff into it. You don't get this every week, okay? And, and, and for sure, you're not going to get something from me that's 19 pages, two columns and things like that because I, I like to teach and I hope that I do a good job of taking truth and presenting it. But that teaching gift, that's not necessarily me. And you know what? We've got some really good teachers here that that is their gift and it's so awesome to hear them teach and how we work together. So that's what a, a teacher is. What is, what is the truth? Where did you get that? They're making the charts and the handouts. They love to do research. A lot of doctrine. Some of the dangers. Sometimes they can concentrate so much on information that application is lost. Like a college professor. All this stuff. Just swimming in truth. And do the students learn it or apply it? I don't know. Who cares? Come back tomorrow and we'll learn more. <clears throat> and another thing about teaching Some of you may be effective teachers, but this isn't necessarily your primary gift. For me, I think my primary gift is more of the prophetic. And I teach out of the motivation of of prophecy. How does this impact our lives? What is God calling us to do? Some of you may teach out of a servant. You want to fill this need and God has gifted you to be a good teacher or you have good skills in that, but you're not necessarily primarily a teacher gift. Or you may be like this next one, exhortation that you teach out of this exhortation gift. So exhortation or encouragement is this, the divine enablement to come alongside another in need of encouragement to reassure, strengthen, affirm, and challenge those who are discouraged or wavering in their faith. It's the ability to stimulate the faith of others. They're asking, what must be done to fix this? How do we move this person to wholeness? These people are gifted in counseling, that one-on-one or that small group, they like to call us to godly living. They, they initiate, they implore, they request, they entreat. They often are very good at seeing practical application of scripture. Okay? Again, I think in my personality, I, in, if you haven't noticed, I'm kind of an energetic person. Okay? Right? In case you haven't noticed. Um, when I played basketball, my dad would give out, he was a coach, he'd give out little gifts for different things that people had. You know, if this guy was always injured, he'd get a roll of athletic tape or band-aids. I always got the battery. OK, I was the energizer bunny. I was a battery. I was like, come on, let's do this, guys. OK, that's a little bit different than this gift. OK, because this gift is more of that kind of counseling coming alongside of and challenging people. You see, when my wife and I were able to re- lead a small group uh, together a couple of years ago, uh, she said something in the, in, the, in the group. She said, everybody, we're going we're gonna to take time. We're going to go around. and We're all going to say, how are you actively pursuing God in your every day? And I was, I was thinking inside, like, wow, that's kind of bold in front of the whole group. We got to, how are we doing? But that was her gift of exhortation. Like, hey, we're not just going to talk about this. How are you putting it into practice? And we went around, and people were honest. Some people said, I'm not really doing much. I'd like to grow in it. And one guy said, I, I want to get in God's Word more. I'm not doing it as much as I want to, and I want to. And a couple years later, this same guy I was talking with, he pulled out his phone, and he had the Bible app. And he said, I I've read from the Bible app, because it, it keeps track of how many days in a row, 700 and some days in a row. God had used the gift of exhortation in my wife to challenge people, and God, that was a part of this guy getting in God's Word every day for the next two years. That's what exhortation is. So yes, no, maybe. Is that you? Giving. Giving is the divine enablement to earn money, manage it well, and wisely contribute to the work of the Lord with cheerfulness and liberality. It's the ability to, to entrust personal assets to others for the furtherance of their ministry and to build the kingdom of God. These people are asking... What can I give to meet a need? Now, I don't think this gift has to be connected with the ability to generate wealth. I do think that God will often give those together because those that are ready to give, when they have surplus to give, they can really fund ministry. But we see the woman, the poor widow that gave the last two pennies she had, and Jesus said she gave more than all these guys that had way more. She had the gift of giving because she gave everything she had to live on. So those that, that are, um, have this gift... Uh, they don't often like the limelight. They like to be able to give anonymously. They hate high-pressure tactics. Okay? They know when you're there just after their money. Okay? They want to see, what is the return on my investment? Are you going to take this and use it? Or are you going to squander it? Because if you're going to squander it, I'll go somewhere else and invest a further ministry. Now, some of the dangers. Sometimes they can be prideful. Okay? Um, sometimes they can overemphasize material needs or judge people by their bank account. God has given the ability to earn money and steward it well that they may look at somebody else and be like, how come you're driving that thing? How come you're not saving? Okay? And so why we need the body? Yes, no, maybe. Do you have a gift of giving? Two more. Leadership. The gift of leadership is the divine strength or ability to influence people effectively while directing and focusing them on a shared mission. We're going to see in the next couple of weeks there's a gift of administration and there's a gift of leadership. Leadership asks the question, what is the goal? What's the big picture vision on the wall? Where are we going? And getting people rallied up around behind that to get going. And yes, sometimes they're plugging in people, but the gift of leadership is like big picture, big goal. This is where we're going. And we'll see the gift of administration later on Is a person's like, and this is how we get there. Here's all the little details we got to do. Here's if we want to do this event, here's all the things we need. Here's the people I'm growing in my leadership, and I think my leadership gift is that big picture. We're going to be loving, growing, going church, and here's some of the things we have, but I need to lean on those that have the administrative gift that are like, and here's all the things we need to do to get there. We're interdependent. We need one another. So the leadership, they're the one that gives vision, direction. They enjoy responsibility. They see how the big picture fits together. They can mobilize people and delegate some of the dangers. They can, use their, they can use people to achieve their goals. Sometimes they can get proud or pushy. And sometimes they conflict with this next group, the people who are all about mercy. Because sometimes leadership's all about, we've got to get this project done, get the project done. Come on, come on. Well, why are we doing that? Well, because we've got to love people. Well, maybe we should work on loving people more in this meeting that we're planning, okay? We need each other. Last, okay, so yes, no, maybe. Last one, mercy. We're almost done. The divine enablement to minister cheerfully and appropriately to people who are suffering or undeserving to spare them from punishment or consequences that they justly deserve. It's the ability to identify with and comfort those who are in distress. The question they ask is, how can I make them feel better? You see, this gift of mercy is when, like, we've we've used the word splagna. Okay, that's the gut-wrenching compassion that God has for us. It's what the good Samaritan had for the person who was lying there on the road. The gift of mercy is when God gives that to us. And it's, this is a person that God has gifted them to really personify that mercy of God. To come along somebody, to side somebody who they deserve punishment or consequence and how can we help them out and how can we work together with them? How can we extend the grace of God even when it's not deserved? These people are really good at detecting and discerning people's feelings. They want personal ministry. They don't want to just give money. They want to be there helping people. Sometimes uh, they can have a hard time being firm when necessary because there is time when consequences need to happen in order for growth to happen. And that's why we need the body because we all work together. So what does all this mean for us? Okay, We still have a couple more weeks where we're going to get into some of the other columns and look at the different gifts. But here's the thing. I believe each Christian has one of these gifts or a gift mix from these seven motivational ones, that God has gifted you in that way and that is the driving force or the motivation of the ministry that you're called to do. And that's why the way I teach may be different from the way that Dr. Clark teaches or somebody else teaches because our our motivational gift may be different. And that's good. And that's awesome. And so what I want you to do today, because again, if this stays here in this room and we go, wow, that was so cool, we learned all that, it's nothing. It's nothing. So here's a challenge I have for you. Lord willing, you have at least one or maybe a couple yeses or maybes. So what I want you to, to do today, okay, is I want you to do some prayerful self-reflection as you look at those. What were maybe your three top gifts? Bring somebody else into this conversation. If you want to join us in the Sunday school out there, we're going to be talking about this. What did you put yes at? Why is that? Maybe getting in small groups and talking about how we think we're fitting and how maybe this gift is the thing that drives the other things that we're doing? Were there any surprises? As I went through things, did you like, wow, that resonated with me, but I didn't think it would. And then how can you use your gift to serve others? Because you see, as we get into these gifts, the, the design is that we would see how we've been gifted. And maybe it's not fully there, but we say, you know what? I'm going to take a step. I'm going to step out in faith. There's needs to be met, and I want to step out and try it out. And I want you to know that as we compile some of the needs we have within this church, I want to give you the opportunity to talk with a leader and say, I want to practice this for like six weeks. And after six weeks, we talk about it. And if it's not working, you can step out. But you see, if we don't jump in the water, do we have the gift? Let's go before the Lord in prayer and we'll, we'll close out with our final song. God, I pray that you will give us wisdom, clarity, and boldness. God, wisdom and clarity to know how you've gifted us. God, help us not to get bogged down in all the details, as this is a gift, a talent, a passion, but, but just to see big picture. How have you gifted us? How have you wired us for ministry? God, I pray you'll open our eyes to see needs here in the church, but not just in the church. Walking in our spiritual gifts isn't just about being here in the church, God, Open our eyes to see ministry in our homes, and our communities that you've called us to. And give us the boldness to step into that, God. God, grow me as a pastor. Grow this church into what you want us to be, God. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, Lord. And you're coming back someday. We want to be faithful unto you. We want to live ready and waiting. And we want to help others be ready for your return. We want to be your missionaries here. We want to be your ambassadors here. God, show us a way you've gifted us and unleash us into that ministry, God. Bring people here that are far from you that we can introduce to you, Jesus. And raise up the workers we need. Lord, I pray for anyone here that has never accepted you as their Savior. God, I pray even today they will be able to see your love for them. And they'll see your need, their need for a Savior. And they'll realize that you, Jesus, died in their place. And that's enough for them. We love you, God. We need you. In your name we pray.